Good morning, ladies. Lovely to see you all again. Hope you've all had a good week. God has been so gracious to me. I've been so very overwhelmed the last couple of weeks, time poor and worrying about how I'm going to find time to prepare this sermon for today. As I open my morning devotional in my Treasure Jesus Calling book, the author, who is God-inspired, I'm sure, reminds me to trust God one day at a time, that this will keep me close to him and responsive to his will. The author reminds us that trust is not a natural response, especially for those that have been deeply wounded. She reminds us that we don't need to understand what has happened in our circumstances, but just to trust God and not get distracted by the events that have happened to us. She reminds us that God will equip us to get through each day as we choose to live in dependence on him. Tomorrow is busy worrying about itself. Don't get tangled up in its worry webs. Trust God one day at a time. So let us pray. Father God, you are a merciful, loving God who uniquely and lovingly made each of us ladies here today. I pray that wherever these beautiful ladies are in this present moment, that you can bless them with a sense of your love and comfort and help to heal their wounds that may feel forever present or buried deep within their hearts, that you can restore them so they can stand tall and confident in your love for them and truly know that you sent your son to die for each and every one of them because they are so dearly loved. I pray that you will use me to help open their minds and thoughts to your love and deny any untruths the the evil one may have planted in their mind, that they may realise that whatever their situation or circumstances are, there is a reason to be here, that God has a purpose for them. In Jesus' most precious name, Amen. As I'm scrambling around looking for a couple of books, as I do, that I like to refer to in preparation for my sermon, A Reason to Be Here, One fell open and reminded me of a time when I felt like I didn't have a reason to be here. In 2001, and I have shared this before, when I experienced my marriage breakup and my family was torn apart, a verse from a hymn that encouraged me to move forward I used to write in some of my Christian books that I'd read. I used to loan out these books to people who were suffering like me and liked to have something that encouraged me in the past written in them. I needed encouragement this myself this week and I had quite forgotten that I used to do this. This verse reminded me so much of the love God gave me at a time when I felt most broken and how he can restore beauty in your life from ashes. Until Friday, I never really looked at the full hymn, but I'm going to share it with you today. Some of you older ladies may remember it. I will be merciful to you all and not sing it, because they never give me in charge of up there, do they? as this is definitely, I definitely haven't got the gift of um, song in me. So the, the, the hymn is, Something beautiful, something good, All my confusion he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful out of my life. If there were ever dreams that were lofty and noble, they were my dreams at the start, and hope for life's best were the hopes that I harbour down deep in my heart. But my dreams turned to ashes, and my castles all crumbled. My fortune turned to loss, so I wrapped it all up in the rags of life, and I laid it at the cross. Loss, grief, heartache, broken dreams affects us all at some time in our life. 
whether it be the love of a, the, be the love of a lost one through death, divorce, or broken relationships, loss of the dream of having a child, loss of one's former abilities or declining health, loss of a job or home through financial hardship or natural disasters, to name a few. I don't believe anyone is immune from it. We live in a world where God made us for relationship. We live in a broken world that grieves God on many accounts. We live in a world with sinners and we live in a world as sinners ourselves. Some of us bounce back quicker than others from loss and some of us take a longer recovery. And for some of us, it can be a lifetime of recovery because deep hurts leave deep wounds. Jesus teaches us to forgive and we have the example of him in him of how to recover, to love one another more fully and move forward despite the pain. Paul in the Philippians verses read today can talk with authority on Jesus. He is in a less than desirable place in a prison. He is in a place that is uncomfortable, no doubt dirty and smelly, cold and crawling with bugs and rodents. But he accepts where he is at, the circumstances with which God has placed him there. He focuses on Jesus and not his circumstances. He knows his real purpose in life is to spread the good news of Jesus, which is quite bizarre, isn't it, when we look at his former position of condemning and persecuting Christians. Paul always acknowledges God's grace and wants everyone to know it. His conversion is one of God's true miracles and is available to us all when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour and repent. No matter what we have done in our former life, we can be forgiven. In verse 18, Paul talks that the most important thing is that Christ is preached. Do not worry about people's motives for doing it, as long as the purpose is achieved that people come to know and love Jesus. I wondered about the motives part. I look at some Christian organisations that are hugely profitable and are quite often judged for their financial gain. But if the message is going out about the gospel, Paul is really telling us, I suppose, not to worry how it's done as long as God's purpose is achieved. Don't worry that a lot of these big Christian institutions seem to run on a bit of emo- on a lot of emotion and seem so commercial and sometimes seem to have less teaching, but they still have a strong message of Jesus, which is being received. God can use all this for his glory. Paul goes on in the following verses that he continues to rejoice and rely on the Philippians' prayers and the spirit of Jesus Christ and speaks with assurance and true faith that everything he is currently going through will result in his deliverance. Paul hopes he won't be ashamed by letting Christ down, I suppose by sinning or not rising to the occasion of standing firm in his faith. He hopes that he will have sufficient courage to live in a way that honours Christ so that Jesus may be exalted by his life or death. Paul states to live in Christ and to die is gain. Perhaps a win-win situation when you are living for Christ here on earth and know that you will live with Christ forevermore in heaven also. But if Paul lives on earth, he's called to fruitful labour, which requires effort and denial of self. When we become Christians, we know we are called to serve in any way we can, using the gifts God has given us, because we love Jesus. It's not for our salvation. We are told we don't get to heaven by our works, but by our love and acceptance of Jesus as our Lord and Saviour and the forgiveness of sins. The service is our fruitful labour, a labour that will hopefully help lead others to Jesus by the effect of that labour. What do I mean effect? How does that fruitful labour make others feel? Does it make them feel valued and cared for, even loved? 
Does it make them feel a sense of belonging, a belonging to the family of Christ? I want each of you ladies to consider, are you being fruitful? Are you currently using your gifts for Jesus or are you leaving them buried in the sand? What might fruitful labour look like? It might be humbly cleaning your church toilets. It might be polishing the brass here on the steps. It might be being kind to your neighbour and cooking them a meal. It might be putting someone's bins out for them or whippersnippering their lawn or mowing. It might be inviting a lonely person for coffee or doing their shopping. It might be simply just praying for them because you physically can no longer help in any other way. It might be checking on those missing in your pew, giving them a phone call or text to let them know they are missed. It might require having that conversation, telling others about Jesus. Tell them about what he has done for you in your life. Labour sounds like it requires effort, and it does, but it doesn't have to be exhausting. Labour does have to be intentional. What are your intentions today? Start today. Make a commitment to perhaps do a small act of kindness today and you and others will be blessed by your fruitful labour. Paul ponders the come Lord Jesus come message versus I'm here for a purpose. How will I choose? I want to be with Christ but it's more necessary for me to remain in the body and serve God in a more profitable way, spreading the good news and serving God by increasing the family that will reside in his eternal home. I've never been in a real prison like Paul, but I have been a prisoner trapped in my own mind as I struggle with negative thoughts and feelings that get slowly magnified. I know I'm not alone in this. I've listened to many of my sisters share their concerns. When I have hardships or struggles of late, I verbalise in my mind sometimes the come Lord Jesus come thought, but then I quickly take it back, knowing that I still have a job to do. Many of the people I love and care for, whether they be family, friends, work colleagues or enemies, do not yet know Jesus. And I don't want to get God to think that I'm not thankful for all that he has given me. But sometimes, and I know a few of you probably feel this way, I'm just tired, really tired of what life brings. And I know I won't be so tired when I enter heaven. And I will have the new body I desire, not the ageing, unhealthy body I have now. God's word is just so important when I'm tiring and starting to get overwhelmed. Prayer from you, my sisters, upholds me. Never be too proud to let your sisters know you need prayer. Encouragement from my sisters in Christ keeps me going and keeping in company with you, lady, keeps me accountable for my actions and in particular assists my declining thoughts from getting too low. Listening to you courageous women each week, sharing your experiences and life in your sermons, the sister spots, or life group just encourages me even more as I see the women you are now and not the women that suffered over their life. I see how Jesus has comforted you and strengthened you and been your steadfast rock or the steering wheel of your life. Paul debates that he would love to be with Jesus and I'm guessing to be without discomfort or hardship but realises that he still has a job to do in this world to spread the message of Christ. Here's a wonderful example to us all. I'm sure his situation was more challenging than mine has been over the years. I have at least my creature comforts and not, am not facing persecution or possible death in preaching the gospel. But it's not a competition. Little and big concerns can be a struggle for us all and God cares for all our concerns. Getting out, of the bed in, getting out of bed in the morning might be easy for you but it can be a struggle for someone that is mentally struggling and doesn't want to face a new day. 
or someone that has a disability that causes them discomfort, discomfort when they rise in the morning. Going to sleep at night can be easy for some, but fearful for others when they finally rest and start ruminating over their day or having nightmares. Concern for a family member or friend might seem exaggerated by others, but ruling your thoughts and of most importance to you. Your marriage might seem okay to others, but they don't experience your daily struggle with your partner. They might only witness the happy family or couple photos on Facebook. They don't know you may be suffering emotional, physical or sexual abuse, that you may be walking on eggshells each moment and a good day depends on whether you've pleased your husband or not. People may not know that you face loss in broken relationships, maybe that son, daughter or grandchild you never see, how it takes every ounce of your energy to keep trusting in Jesus and taking one day at a time. The come Lord Jesus come thoughts come and we know it's not our time that none of us know when we will take our last breath. Only God knows that. Meanwhile, we have to strive to see joy in our day and be thankful to live a life honouring God. Kay Warren's definition of joy sits on my fridge, as I'm sure it still sits on many of yours, as a reminder that joy is not the continual feeling of happiness that we believe in our secular world it should be, but it is the settled assurance that God is in control of all details of my life the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right and the determined choice to praise God in all things. I am privileged to know many women in our church who are great examples of how to live a life for Christ despite some horrific, heartbreaking circumstances and I have seen women that I have perceived as the most strongest Christian women drop away from church and our company and my advice is to hold on tight to those relationships Keep in contact as best you can, and this isn't always easy when you feel they are avoiding you or not returning your texts or phone calls or emails. Just let them know you love them, you're praying for them, that you haven't forgotten them. Be intentional. Put them on your prayer list. Don't be offended or hurt if they haven't got the energy or the inclination to respond to you. Love them no matter what. Try not to take it personal. Be unconditional in your love. Serve Jesus in your love for them. Focusing on Jesus and serving others definitely helps us in our struggles and the obstacles we can face in our life. Living a life for him does give us joy and blessing. Remember always who we are in Christ, that we are defined by this. We are wonderfully made. We are loved. We are engraved on the palms of his hands. We are chosen. We are a new creation. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, not a failing body. We are rescued, we are forgiven. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Jesus died for us, for you and me. I'm going to leave you with a letter from Sherry Rose Shepherd's book, His Treasure. I've shared some of her letters before. My precious daughter, I want you to think back to the time when you did not know me personally. Do you remember how lost you felt or how meaningless life seemed to be? Even now, Many people feel alone because they do not know who I am or what I have done for them. I have a request. I would like you to go and tell others of your love for me. I know it may feel uncomfortable, but I have called you to be my witness. Whatever I ask of you, I will equip you to do. I will go before you to prepare hearts to hear you. I won't force you to represent me, and I will love you no matter what you decide. 
But I'm asking you to search your heart and ask yourself, why am I here? And what am I really living for? If you live for me, step into your appointed position as my messenger of hope to a world that is hurting and needs to hear of my love. Love, your king who reached out to you. Remember, our lives may be the only Bible some people will ever read. Acts 22.15 For you are to be his witness, telling everyone that you have seen and heard. Do as Paul did, live for Christ, share the gospel. Let us pray. Father God, you see and know my heart better than anyone, and you reign over all things. I want people to know and love you, so please help me to live for you, and please provide me with opportunities to share you with others. Give me the courage and boldness to do your will and make you known wherever I go. In Jesus' most precious name, Amen.